and welcome to Ask Me Anything. This is a podcast about our faith, the Bible, what it means to be human, and following Jesus. I'm Dan Gillis, the Young Adults Pastor at Village Church, and today I'm joined by Darren Rounds, and Darren is the pastor of Garden Church in Long Beach, California. Darren, welcome to the podcast. It is so good to have you on. Come on, thank you for having me. It's great to be with you. I'm glad to see your face again. Yeah, dude, it's so good uh, to see you again as well. Um, Darren was at our Young Adults Retreat a few years ago. Some some of you maybe remember Darren. Um, but Darren, I'm wondering if you could just start by beginning by telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do and what life is like in California. Yeah, well, um, it's sunny in Southern California. So the weather is the best climate on earth, literally. I think uh-huh. at one point it was rated that. Um, I live in Long Beach, which is, I think, the sixth most diverse city in the U.S., and it's uh, half a million people, and it's a beautiful city right on the coast. It's a it's a harbor city, and my wife and I moved here um, in 2008 to start a new church, and at the time, we were very young, 24 and 23, and had never been a part of a church leadership team, so we we really started from scratch right after college, essentially, uh, to start kind of a missional community at the time. We really wanted to minister to the needs of the city. Um, and we've been doing this for, yeah, basically 12 years. And it started with my wife and I and one other person, and we've just been able to watch God grow this community in the heart of the city. And now we we have, you know, um, dozens and dozens of house churches and, dozen, you know, even more uh, digital communities right now because everything's in in, on Zoom or FaceTime or house party. And so we're kind of leading this uh, eclectic, beautiful, missionally focused, spirit-led, committed to the word, um, emotionally healthy, courageous missional presence, you know, countercultural community. Uh, if I could list off all these things that I hope to be learning to live the way of Jesus together. And um, it's an amazing, it's been an amazing journey and it's been extremely hard and uh i have two kids i have a six-year-old and i have a two-year-old and uh we live in long beach and my son's gonna come over he's in the garage hey buddy here he is he can't hear you but this is ezra and so i got i'm here with my family and we love it we're having we're having a good time right now obviously covid's been a really heartbreaking experience for many people but um we've We've been able to really pivot and serve the needs and flourish in this time as a community and as, as, a, as a family. So, That is so cool. I can't believe you guys started ministry when you were that young. You said you were 24 and 23? Yeah. What, yeah, we what were, motivated you guys at such a young age to uh, do like that? <laughs> I always say I don't wish church planning on anyone. And uh, I think so. I was 22 when I was filled with the Holy Spirit in a very tangible way. Okay. And then I heard shortly a few days later, plant a church in Long Beach. At the time I was living in, in Newport Beach, which is pretty much like one of the most beautiful places on earth. And it's a very wealthy, affluent community. And I didn't know anything about Long Beach. It was, you know, 40, 35 minutes away. And it was, it was a world of difference. It had been like going to another country. Um, and it, it, so, so for, for me, the, the fastest way to tell a story is I heard God's voice and I, I obeyed. And I think that's, if you can summarize discipleship, it's that, learn to hear his voice and whether through scripture, you know, through him speaking to you um, and obeying. And I, I, it got to the point where I had to do it. So it felt like 
I just have to get this out of my system. Let me try to plan a church and I'll fail that in my mind. It was like, I'm just going to get this out of my system. And then, but it kind of grew into this other thing and realizing like, no, it was a calling. God was speaking and, and it was one step at a time. And by the grace of God, you know, I had community that came around it and friends that stuck in it and mentors and, you know, people that came and helped plant and we were able to make it sustainable we had 10 months to be sustainable. So there's a lot of weird stuff that took place, hard things, but yeah. it was very forming and I'm very grateful for the experience. That I can only imagine how form, formative that would be, you know, being 22 or 23. Um, I love also how simply you make following Jesus. Like even there, you're just saying, hey, discipleship is just like, we were sum it up. It's hearing God and then going and, and trying to obey that. I love that. Um, it's very evident that that's what you've done with, with your church, like just trying to as, as faithfully as you can uh, with your wife and your leadership team and the people who make up uh, the, the garden. Uh, you guys have just been like, hey, Jesus, what are you doing here in this city? And let's try to do that. So why don't you just um, let us know a little bit about your church, um, what, what kind of the dynamic of your church is, kind of what that looks like um, for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, so I think – for us, the organizing principle has always been around what does it look like for heaven to come to Long Beach? And mm -hmm. if we believe that prayer, you know, on earth as it is in heaven, it's not just this great vision of the future. It's, I believe Jesus is teaching his followers to uh, shape the culture and cities and communities to uh, look like heaven. And and I think this is the great vision of the end of Revelation, which is heaven comes and marries earth once and for all, and all things are restored to what you know the the original hope was in the garden, yeah. um, Genesis one and two. And so, if you if you move away from, I have a vision for a community, or I have a vision for this church. Uh, we had a posture of I have a vision for the city, wow. and that that led us to well heaven would come to the places that are most broken. Cause that's where Jesus showed himself in the gospels. Like people always think well, like the ministry of the spirit's going to form most powerfully or should be shaped most powerfully inside the church. But I actually think it's the meat is on the street mm -hmm. and where, you know, if you want to experience the life of Jesus, you have to apply it to the context. So if you want the content, you want the, you're going to have to go to the context, which will be, where did Jesus spend his time? He was on the go. He was in cities. He was in, with people that you would never find religious people with. And so that philosophy shaped our approach to ministry. It, it began to form around uh, homeless shelters and um, AIDS hospices and uh, beach cleanups. And we were looking at, God, where are you moving here already? Like, what are you up to and how do we come under that? And come behind it and then and then as we began to build relationships with people and exegete the culture people were like hey when are you going to become a church and we're like wait we are a church we just don't meet every sunday on at you know nine o'clock in the morning yeah um and so the contextual missionary thing to do as we were meeting the needs was to start a sunday gathering and we did and we started in a bar and and then that shaped and you know years of doing multiple services in a, a nightclub bar. We got kicked out because it closed down and we went to a church and we grew and then we went to a middle school and we kept growing there and then COVID happened. And now we're in everyone's home, you know, we're live streaming yeah. services, but, but, but that's the Sunday thing. We've also always done small groups. So our mm. small groups have been, we've always been flexible. 
So we've done life groups, community groups, garden groups, missional communities. And what we've been most committed to over the last four years is house churches, where we are multiplying house churches um, for the last four years. And we went from like 75, what we call garden groups, your traditional small groups that would meet for, you know, 12 weeks to launching 12 house churches. So 75 groups to 12, it was a horrible year. No. Um, and, but we just felt this conviction that we are, we are building a church meeting expectations versus building a church based on what the scriptures command and hope for the community to look like. And so that's, that's always been a marker is like, we, we want, we see where, what heaven looks like in the city. And then we're looking at scripture going, how do, how do we embody and embed the, this biblical worldview into the context? Um, and as a result, you know, we have things like an authentic expression of, of following Jesus. We have a spirit filled and spirit led community where the gifts are practiced. And we have, um, uh, there's just this beautiful community that really embodies the culture that we hope a church embodies. We're not perfect, but it's, it's a really beautiful thing. I love my local church. I love my community. I miss being with them yeah. in person right now, but I absolutely love them. Uh, there's a deep compassion. I just got off of a staff meeting and we're, the question that we're ending our time with is what are you hearing from God right now? What's God speaking to you about in your life or in the church? And I'm getting story after story of what God's doing. And, and uh, it's really beautiful to be a part of a team that loves each other and um, that it's healthy and also carries the longings uh, of your heart in their hearts. It's really cool. That, that is amazing. And I, it sounds like you and your team, um, as you're, you know, learning from God and hearing from him are adapting. Like you're saying, you guys started out in a bar and then that closed down. So you moved to a a school and then a church, like you've gone through different transitions. Um, And then even with your, your community model, you've gone from, I think you said like community groups to garden groups to house church, you know, you've, you've had this theme of adapting. And so, I'm curious of what was the motivation for moving from form to form when it came to communities? Cause it, it just seems like you guys aren't stuck on a model. You're just like, Hey, what's yes. Jesus up to? What is, what is the spirit of Jesus doing in our city? And like, let's, let's adapt to that. So right. what was it like to adapt we, and who were you learning from and, and how did that, how did that whole story come to play? Um, we have a tagline that we follow within our staff, it's blessed are the flexible. And um, so we just believe like leadership requires flexibility. And I think the other piece that we, we believe that I've learned over time is um, church culture, like building culture is, is a powerful tool, right? So that's the, those are the things that are caught in community, not taught. And you probably heard that before, but culture is what you build. uh, The what's built in you is what you build around you. Right. And so I'm a learner. I'm a, what practice, what's practically working, what's the most effective and efficient. Um, and I'm also deeply convicted by scripture. So, you know, I'm wanting to, to my best ability, apply biblical, you know, um, perspective to the models or the approach that we have. And what I see in scripture is that there is no particular model. There's conviction, there's theology, there's practices, but what you see over and over again is when, when you, when you, when you try to build a model, it's almost like the spirit will like push through that. So even right now, what I see in the world in this, and then I'll come back to answer a little bit of that is, you know, when I I had some, some prophetic leaning uh, in January and February about COVID-19. So in January, it's only in China. 
I felt like the Lord say, pay attention to coronavirus. Like, so I, I'm like clicking it on the news apps. I'm, I'm paying attention. And then mid February, early February, God's like, I felt, I felt the Lord say in my quiet time, or I was doing dishes actually. He said, um, I saw this vision of a tsunami coming over. Or I could see Long Beach in, from my, my, uh, um, kitchen. And I saw it like overwhelming the city. And then I just saw it all over the West and I saw it over the U S and, and I feel like God say, just prepare your church. Um, to go online. So I email our staff, Hey guys, I think we're going to have to be, we don't, we've never live streamed. We've recorded, you know, podcasts and YouTube for sermons, but not like get online. So we had to research and do all this stuff. So weeks of practice. And wow. then um, the week before everything gets shut down uh, that Monday, Tuesday, I really feel like we're not going to be able to meet on Sunday. Nothing's been announced. And Wednesday I wake up with my wife and we're like, let's call the staff in. Cause everyone's on break. Cause we just hosted a ministry. Um, Anyways, a uh, big conference. And we, we decide that Wednesday to cancel everything for Sunday. And it was the next day, go, our governor shuts down gatherings over 250. Our school calls, you can't meet here. It was like everything happened. So we were, we were following the voice of God. And so I think that's part of it is like we're willing to drop everything if God says something. Like if, if we collectively think this is what the Lord's doing, we're willing to move. Um, but when we moved everything to digital, we, so that we decided to move everything to something called digital communities. We felt we've built our whole model of house churches and Sunday gatherings. We're not going to be able to meet in homes, um, but we're going to move all of our house churches to zoom. And so we created this before it was necessary. We created all this like architecture and structure to support that. And what I, what I see in the, the church is, or in the scriptures about the church is um, that there's a missional need that usually requires an adjusted adjustment or a pivot to mm -hmm. how the church expresses itself. So here you have the, the apostles mainly in Jerusalem for six chapters in the book of Acts and it's them leading. And then it gets overwhelmed. So they, you know, they call up seven dudes who they lay hands on and they're going to pass out food to the widows. And then it's like guys like Philip and, and Stephen, and then Stephen gets martyred. And then that becomes a catalyst for the scattering of the church. Now that's terrible. You're like, oh my gosh, it's going to be done. They're going to mm -hmm. persecute it. But what they don't realize is now they're planting seeds everywhere around um, Judea and Samaria. And so you have this guy, Philip, who's literally waiting tables, right? So he's, he's waiting tables and now he's going to Samaria and his gift is what administration, like passing out food, potluck meals to, to the, the, you know, widows who are complaining now he's evangelizing an entire city and there's joy, Acts 8, there's joy in Samaria. And what's fascinating about that story is like now there's this move of God in Samaria. The apostles come down and they have to lay hands and the Holy Spirit fills the church in Samaria, right? They lay hands and they speak in tongues and they're baptized in the spirit. A few chapters earlier in other, in other gospel stories, you hear of these apostles going and being rejected by Samaritans in Samaria and wanting to call down judgment. And I think this is it, right? Like this is the mm -hmm. moment for the church where in, you had this model, this way it was confronted. Maybe even the way it was rejected, it wasn't received, but now God's moving in this other place. And so you have to be adaptable. You have to be flexible to follow the move of God. And so structure should always follow culture. Yeah. Structure needs to follow the move of the spirit. But when we put structures in, in front of culture, we're going we're gonna to have opposition. So for us, we're always putting everything on the table. We're, every year, we're like, hey, what's not working? What needs to work? What is the Lord saying? And are we doing it right? Like 
so we'll, we'll pause and, and, and we'll shift. And, and so I think for everyone, especially right now, because everyone wants to have a handle on how does community look like in COVID and what's next of the future church. And yeah, I think everyone just needs to be flexible and, and you know, inch, inch their way forward doing the things they've always done just in different, different forms. Yeah, there's a lot of wisdom there for followers of Jesus and churches. And I just think for humanity where we need to be flexible to see where the spirit really is, is leading. And it takes some vulnerability and, and some waiting on God and seeking him to say, okay, what are you doing in our culture? And I love, I love the optimism, but I think it's realistic optimism that like, okay, God's doing something new because he wants to reach other people. I love that. Um, I think many of our listeners, um, hopefully by the time this episode comes out are, are slowly, you know, life is slowly changing and, and things yes. like that up here in Vancouver. I'm, I'm hoping and praying for that. Um, but we're coming out of a moment where, you know, our connections have been limited. Maybe in, in certain online forms, they've been ramped up. But in many ways, we've lost a lot of human connection. And there might yeah. be loneliness or isolation or, or things like that. And I think it just raises to the surface this uh, realization that we were created for community. Like we were created to be in relationship with, first of all, God, and then with, with other people. I'm wondering what would you uh, say are some practical ways like young adults can begin to cultivate some sort of community into their lives? That's great. Yeah, I think it, you know, to say God uses even a pandemic for good that I think that's true of scripture. That's Romans. It's Philippians. Like we see it through the cross, God taking the worst thing that could ever happen to a human and using it to defeat evil and, um, and, you know, forgive sins and create a new way for a new life. But the pandemic is a result of evil. Like, so yeah, humans are designed to be together. So, this isolation is the result of the fall at, at, so I don't hear that often. And I keep saying it like, yeah, there's some good to this great, you know, uh, revealing that pandemic 2020, you know, COVID 2019 is, uh, giving us, but, uh, isolation, sickness, not gathering as the body, you know, that's not God's intention. Revelation gives us an image of all of us being together, you know, embodied incarnate together. So um, how do you build community when there's physical distancing? How do you build community when you're social isolating, socially isolating? You know, so it's a strange time and it's a tragedy, but I do think there's potential for it. So I would say there's a few things you can do. If you're, first of all, community takes investment, time, intentionality. And when I talk about community, I'm talking about meaningful relationships. Yeah. I'm talking about, because I believe ministry doesn't exist apart from relationship. And that the meaning of life is relationships. We must, as people, learn to connect with one another over and over again in our life and develop authentic, real, vulnerable, um, safe space for one another to live in and out of season with each other and have friendships that last for a while. So if you have those, if you're listening, you're like, man, I, I feel alone. Well, man, who are those two or three people? Maybe it's one person that you could go and text and say, I feel alone. I want to build meaningful relationship with you. Can we have intentional time? Write it on, the, on your calendar, schedule it, and, and then use that time to be a person who's building authentic community on mission. And so uh, for us, like we have digital communities right now, which are basically small groups of 12 or less that are meeting on Zoom platforms or FaceTime. 
And the, in that time, over the last 10 weeks, we have had more, for the most part, not all of them are like this, but they have been incredibly deep. People are discipling like never before. We're doing inductive Bible studies. We're confessing our sins. We're, we're playing games on Zoom. We are more connected. Like my stage of life of young families, um, people are more connected now than they were when they didn't have Zoom meetings because they were, you know, they'd have to get babysitters or they'd drop their kids off at, a, at the, the in-laws or whatever it was to do this thing. Or it was just chaotic with all the kids. And right now there's been way more intentionality. And so I would just say, take ownership, take responsibility for the things that you design, desire. Oftentimes when we approach community, I get it all the time. And you probably get this as a young adults pastor. People are like, I just don't feel like I have community. I just feel like I, I, you know, I was in this group and I don't feel like I belong. I try, but they don't, they don't reciprocate. And I'm like, okay, time out. Go read Philippians chapter two, verses one through four. And talk to me, read 1 through 12, read the whole hymn of Christ. Talk to me after that. Like, look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. The moment you have an ideal about what is expected from the community you belong to, you destroy it. Yeah. If your perspective as a follower of Jesus is, how can I serve? How can I show up? How can I love? How can I be one another with this person? And all those 59 commands for one another in the New Testament you will start building real meaningful relationship. Now, I am saying it takes you being vulnerable, saying, hey guys, I would hope that we could have real relationship. I could talk about my struggles. I could talk about my dating life. I could talk about the things I'm, I'm dealing with, my finances, my, my family struggles, whatever it is. I want to have a safe space. But then from there, you release the expectations and then you, you become what you want others to be for you. Um, and this is all like how to build friendships, how to build godly community. Yeah. It requires intentionality. It requires, requires vulnerability. Mm-hmm. It requires showing up. It requires investment. Um, and so I think there's probably a lot of people right now, Daniel, listening that are like, this is it. This is what I have to do. Yeah. So right now, if you're listening, I would just say text those people and say, guys, let's talk about this stuff right now. Mm-hmm. Text those people and go after it. You know, in Luke chapter eight, what does Jesus say? He says, um, his like his family comes and says, Hey, your mother and brother and sister are standing outside wanting to see you. And, and he replies, my, my mother and my brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. That's Luke. Wow. Right. So the community is shaped by hearing God and obeying the new kingdom family on earth as it is in heaven is shaped by people willing to pursue the mission of God together. And so that, that fellowship that we all long for, uh, requires a, an intentionality. And I just, I think a lot of us Christians are just victims to not feeling like we belong, but we've never really put ourselves out there to go for it. At least that's my perspective. Yeah. I love, I love the Philippians two perspective where it's like, okay, I'm going to be like Jesus who laid his life aside for the sake of others and, and try to seek out community for other people. Like, like uh, he says, I think at the end of chapter one, that he's going to, to care about the joy and well being of, of other people. And so it's more about, okay, how can I intentionally seek out the, the joy and well-being of, of, you know, one other person and start to, in, I love that you talk about intentionality. I think that's really, really important um, because I think it brings it to a level beyond Christian friendship, which I think is a beautiful gift, but it's yeah. okay. So we're not just going to be friends. We're going to intentionally help one another follow Jesus and yes. live for the sake of the people around us. And I think that's- Absolutely. That's it. And I think, I think one of the things that I do, so I have, a, I have a, I have a small group and I have a group of guys that hangs out and they, we hang out and we we're tonight. We're, we're going to zoom 
And we're going to, we talk about our finances. How is the way of Jesus shaping how we spend our resources? Mm. Um, we talk about our relationship with our wives and our kids. We talk about our business and our, our work life and the balance that we have, but also the dreams that God's giving us and how we're leading. Um, we talk about our, what the scripture is doing and what the spirit's saying. Like we look at it holistically and we just say, we want to push each other to be the people we're called to be over a long period of time. And we'll confess sin. We walk with each other through really hard things. Um, and that hasn't always been the case. It's not always been there. It's come out of convictions in my own life where I'm like, guys, I need friends in ministry. I'm watching all these leaders in the church isolate and burn out. Yeah. I don't want to isolate and burn out. I want to be held accountable and I want to hold you accountable um, and we talked about accountability, not as just like dealing with sin, but we talked about accountability for living out the kingdom way. So it's like, how, Hey, when was the last time you prayed for somebody on the street? Yeah. When, when was the last time you gave generously above and beyond to the needs around you? When was the last time you heard God and got a word of knowledge for someone? We regularly do that. We share those stories because that's just the culture we have more and more at the garden. And so that's something that we work on. I, I think that's so key for followers of Jesus to understand about community because you know, for, for many of us, our experience has been in really great and vibrant communities. Oh, we're, we're really trying to help each other rid sin out of each other's lives, which is a huge part of being in community. Yes. But I think what we can do is, is toe the line of maybe not even dealing with the other element, which is also so amazing. And I think probably one of the best parts of being a follower of Jesus is getting yes. to do all the stuff that he has planned for us in Ephesians 2. Yes. Like, he has all of these like good works that he has planned for us. Like he, he's invited us into this incredible mission. And so I love that your community, you know, encourages you to be a part of that. And so um, yeah. some of the stuff that, that you said, Darren, I think would even be a great starting point for some of our listeners. So maybe even just take some of those questions, like how's your work going? Um, yeah. how, how are you spending your money? Like just take some of those questions that that actually might be a good way to start. If you have a couple friends, like get together, it doesn't have to be a yes. village community group. Now I'd encourage you to join a village community group, but even if you yeah. have some friends, a great place to start is to take some of those questions and yes. start consistently meeting with one another. Darren, just to end, I'm wondering, um, what sort of impact do you think we could have, um, you know, here in Surrey, British Columbia, here in Vancouver? Like, what do you think would be the ripple effect of, you know, some young adults getting together and starting to live out the way of Jesus in community, in life together? Well, I mean, that's, that's a question. You're asking someone who has studied revival and that believes in the possibility that God wants to do something amazing right now. And if you look throughout history, revivals have often started with young people yeah. who are, who are dependent on the Holy spirit and God crying out on behalf of the nation or the city. They're um, dreaming of a future and they're confessing their sins. They're repenting on behalf of it. And they're, they're following God with an, a level of intensity that's deep hunger. And so do you, like my, I guess my question is like, do you have a group of people that are hungry for God to move, to see renewal and revival break out? Um, and if that's the case, then I think the footprint of what you're doing in Vancouver through a, a young adults ministry could be significant. It, it only takes, you know, a few people to change one person to change the system, yeah. but a few people to bring about renewal and revival in communities. And I think, um, if young people are experience a holy discontentment, like a holy discontentment to see God 
move in their time, that they begin to rearrange the, the inner life they carried and, and reorder their outer life around the way of Jesus. Um, that like Rodney Stark talks about the move of the early church. He said, um, I think I, he said like Christians lived radically and people looking in from the outside wanted to be like them. That was the, the draw of the early church movement. People on the outside saw how they lived and they wanted to be like them. And if you look at what individualism has done in the West, if you look at the anxiety, the suicide rate, the, 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 the destruction of the nuclear family, if you look at the obsession of image, if you look at our addiction to technology, the world is looking for health and truth. And the church has the answer in Jesus and in living the Jesus way, embodying the Jesus truth and experiencing the Jesus life. And if your community can live the Jesus way, embody the Jesus truth and experience the Jesus life, I think it will be so compelling that more and more people will want to be with you and on that journey to know Jesus. And uh, I think you'll see a move of God. And that's what I'm praying for. That's what I'm hoping for. It's not like a revival is going to happen because we, we have a great YouTube channel and people like the ideas. It's going to happen because a few people embodied the way of Jesus and those few people shared the news. And then those people shared the news. And then all of a sudden it's a viral move of God. Darren, that that's is, what I hope for you. I hope that as well. Like, thank you. That is so helpful and encouraging and I think rooted and centered in the life and teaching of Jesus. I mean, we follow Jesus who said the world will know that you are my disciples by the way that you love one another. In other words, yeah. Jesus said the world will know that I am the risen King of creation that I've made a way yeah. for you to be with me by the way that yeah. we're in community with one another. And, and I love it, just to bring this back to the beginning of our conversation when, when you began to talk about your mission statement for not just your church, not just for your, for your uh, ministry, but for your city, that yeah. your vision, your church's vision for the, for the city was that heaven would come down to Long Beach yeah. and it would be done in Long Beach as it is in heaven. And yeah. what I think we need to realize is that Jesus encouraged us to pray that because he, he thought it was possible. Yeah. And if, yeah. if we start living the way of Jesus together in, in Surrey and, and doing life with one another and, you know, pushing each other to follow Jesus and, and, and seeking the, the, the welfare and, you know, the, the well-being of our, our city, I really do believe God can do incredible things. And so yes. um, just to end, I just want to, to thank you, Darren, and to thank you for, for bringing our, our perspective back to that. I'm, I'm just wondering in closing, I, I hadn't planned on this. I was just wondering yeah. if you could pray for our community Love to. and yeah, I'll uh, pray. To pray for our unity and, and pray for, you know, really an, an outpouring of the spirit of God to, to do yeah. something significant here. Yeah. Lord, I just, I would love to pray. Lord, I just thank you God for the opportunity to connect through technology and knowing that um, you have empowered uh, the church to be more connected now than ever before. And I thank you for that gift. And I pray right now for those listening that Holy Spirit, you pour out your, your love and grace and power on the church, mm -hmm. that um, the men and women listening would feel inspiration and give, be given a brand new vision for what's possible through their, um, through their ordinary lives, that you would empower extraordinary things. I pray, God, that you would convict those right now, because Holy Spirit, you bring, you bring conviction. I pray that you bring about conviction to move from complacency um, 
move from being asleep to waking up the church? Would you wake us up, God, to the, the possibilities and the dreams that you have for Vancouver and beyond? I pray that you would wake us up to the dreams that you've had and the prayers that you've been praying. I pray that your prayers would be answered, Jesus, in our time. That your prayers for Vancouver, your prayers for Long Beach would be answered, God, as you weep with those who are weeping and mourn with those who are mourning. And you're walking and comforting um, men and women all over the city, our cities, uh, to bring them into life. And I pray, Jesus, people come to know you in this time like never before, that salvation um, and your name would be held in high honor like Acts 19, that there would be an uproar in our, in our cities for followers of Jesus to contend for the things that matter most. I pray that we would have a passion um, for community and connection and meaningful relationship. I pray that there would be a release, God of spiritual gifts and impartation of evangelism, of teaching, of prophecy, of words of knowledge and everything and healing. Um, and I pray that fire would come on these communities, God, a, a passionate fire uh, that, would, that would move us from just gathering to our city centers and our city, uh, the margins of the cities. And I pray that there would be a kingdom break, breaking out, that the kingdom would break out in the margins and the broken places uh, of Vancouver and that we would meet you in the margins, Jesus. And I, I bless this in your name. I pray for, I, I just think that people are going to listen, bro. And I think that there's going to be calling into ministry. Some of the people that you're leading have a calling into ministry. I just bless that calling in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Darren, thank you so much for being with us today. Yes. To those of you listening, we hope our conversation was a blessing to all of you at home and helps you follow Jesus. To all of you, grace and peace. And remember, life is too short to drink bad coffee. So true.